year's Dota 2 International, is that the video game competition? Yes. The pot was $20 million. That's bigger than a lot of your big sports. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. Um, that is certainly one of the, the, the top end of the competitive video. That's one of the very popular ones, so that's it's not typical, but there are a small handful of games that have those sort of sure. like, uh, what you, competitions. What do you get for winning the Masters or something like that? A few mil. And then the endorsements will come eventually as it gets more popular. Mm-hmm. Any oh, they're, they're already here. These people make zillions of dollars. Do they? Oh, they, yeah. They, what are yeah. they endorsing? They make Phil Mickelson money. Uh, the games, the it, consoles. Yeah, they're, specifically there's like mouse and keyboards. They're specifically designed really? for gaming. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't they, know any of this stuff. Not yeah. only that, but the how-to-win business. Like every time we talk about YouTube stars, mm-hmm. six of the top ten, all of whom are making many millions of dollars, do their little uh, webcasts of how to win video games. Every once in a while at the pizza place, if I have to wait, I'll play Miss Pac-Man. That's about it for Very me. Very similar. What is this? About the it, olden days? It's about it for me in video games. Hmm. About all I know. My kids will probably bring me up to speed as they get a little bit older. Kate Upton, one of the hottest women in the world, has just come out with her allegations that uh, one of the co-founders of Guess uh, really came onto her, like grabbed her and forced himself on her, and she had to fight him off. Wow. Pretty ugly story. Wow, like physically attacked her and grabbed at her and stuff. That's that's forced himself on her. Yeah, yeah. Wow, pretty pretty awful. Yeah, and uh, see how this turns out. But all these years, she's kept that a secret, you know. And she would have definitely been in a situation as a as a guest model, whether she was at the time or a wannabe at the time. You know what? There's a there's another hot chick as good looking as you in the waiting room. So if you cause problems. Right. I'll just choose her. Right. I'll say you're crazy. Everybody will believe me, and so good luck with that. Right. Was the situation she would have been in at the time. Till now. Right. Till now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Trump the other day said he wants to have a big military parade. Some people are going crazy over it. Uh, I, I don't see a real need for the military parade. Um, but it I don't see any need to go crazy over it. It doesn't make in me either direction. Doesn't make me super bothered that he wants to have it. So. Yeah. Um, but the uh, late night comedians all decided to want to Take it on, and how do you score this, Joe? Well, Jack, I give each comedian a letter grade for the quality of their joke. The top uh, grade getter is uh, hailed as today's comic of the day. The bottom vote getter will be banned for life. Wow. From the industry. It's a harsh penalty. Well, if only I had the power to enforce it. Here comes the late night joke off. Trump told the Pentagon to plan a military parade. All right. Check your cards. Who has dictator bingo? <laughs> President Trump wants to hold a big military parade in Washington. That would have tanks, airplanes, and soldiers marching. And at the end of the parade, Trump will be like, wait, where's Santa? <laughs> Donald Trump wants a parade, by the way. He wants a... Apparently, when he was in France over the summer, he saw the Bastille Day parade, and it really got him going. So he told the Department of Defense he wants a big military parade like that one in Washington. <laughs> of course, he does. Children love parades. Why wouldn't he want one? Is that it? That's it? Wow. Colbert D. Kimmel D. Wow. Fallon B. Huh? Fallon was just funny because it was silly. That was a good little joke. That's some harsh grading. Boy, Kimmel, with his utter derision, his laughing at the pathetic idea of, you know, some sort of salute to our military, our military might, our fighting men and women, etc. Just derisive. The twin capitals of debauchery, D.C. and L.A., I'm telling you, 
Watch the Hunger Games and understand it's just slightly exaggerated the contempt that the capitals have for us poor people out here. Mining coal and shooting our arrows with Katniss, etc. A uh, new brain implant might improve your memory. They can put this in your brain. They've done it. Please. Patients. Uh, How pe- soon? People had epilepsy. Electrodes threaded into your brain that enhanced their recall on word tests by about 15% in early trials. Mm. 15% increase in your brain would be uh, noticeable, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, and, and, and this is preliminary. We are so clearly headed toward a world where you're going to have like a hard drive brain. You just put the information in there sure, as much as you form. want and can keep it forever. I, I've, this is absolutely screaming at me, though. That will be like cocaine, in essence, which which makes you very acute psychologically, or so the studies tell me, um, for a while. And then all of a sudden your brain is mush and, and it's terrible for you. And I'm thinking those electrodes, yeah, they stimulate you by about 15%. And then smoke starts to come out of your ears and then you can't remember what you had for breakfast. Just seems like messing with something that shouldn't be messed with. Could you get stuff out of there that you don't want to remember? That's like the whole EMDR therapy that they do for people who've had some sort of traumatic event. Mm. And it's to, to, to take the, the, the pain of that memory away. If you If you have some sort of electrodes in your brain that increase your memory i don't want to remember that right how do you how do you handle that i wonder what's the uh, current thinking on emdr i remember reading about it like a decade ago or something and thinking wow that's strange but amazing lots of people swear by it really oh and it's done all the time yeah okay yeah i haven't really kept up with it you still remember things but it takes the emotional pain out of it is the is the the Uh, theory i've never done it now that's the thing where you kind of reprogram your brain with eye movement there's all kinds of different stuff to do with bilateral the brain left and right and Uh stuff like that but you still remember the car wreck the being raped the you're a soldier and you know uh whatever happened in iraq or afghanistan you still remember it, but it doesn't carry the uh, emotional trauma of it. How interesting. And uh, this is something I learned the other day. I didn't know. So your uh, uh, emotional trauma stuff is stored in the side of the brain that doesn't know time, that doesn't keep track of time. That's the right, the right side, I guess. Okay. So any sort of emotional trauma you have is as present as it was at the time. Uh, Irma Gerd, it please go back to teenage humiliations, perhaps. And that's where the whole trigger thing comes from. Legitimate triggers, not right. the BS sort of trigger we're talking about generally in the news these days. My professor brought up capitalism in class today, and I was totally triggered. <laughs> right. But that's why uh, encountering a person, a situation, or whatever can bring back that memory, that feeling, the feeling really more as if it it just happened because that part of your brain that stores that emotional trauma doesn't know time. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And they can, in theory, take that away from people, which would be, geez, a blessing I can't even imagine. Right. If you've got something like that. Yeah, yeah. I well, don't, thank goodness. Like I said, last I heard, it was really promising, but Anywho, God, there's such a great need for it. Anyway. So I wonder how that would fit in with the ability to keep more stuff in your brain with electrodes. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway, Colbert and Kimmel are banned for life from practicing comedy. It's like like a discredited doctor or something. So, short version of this, you got this guy, murderer in prison, uh, dude. He claims he was being held as a sex slave by a female guard. He was awarded $65,000 by a jury. What? I want more details on this from a reporter who is following it. Andy Ross, columnist, part of the fabulous team of Matir and Ross. 
sounds institutions crazy. in the California, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Sounds like a crazy story. And of course, that $65,000 is taxpayer money, right? Oh, it's got to be a yeah. thing. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across this story in the San Francisco Chronicle yesterday. I thought, wow, that's an interesting one. You can make a TV movie out of this deal. Um, A a guy just awarded a bunch of money because he was kept as a sex slave in prison. Mm, I'm sorry, how much did he have to pay? We have been big fans of Mateer and Ross, columnists for the San Francisco Chronicle uh, for many, many moons. Uh, funny, insightful, uh, not angry, which in these political times is refreshing. Cynical, which I really enjoy. Well, realistic, yeah. And Andy Ross joins us now. Andy, how are you, sir? Good. How are you, Jack and Joe? Nice to be here. We come to you as great fans. Salute, sir. Thank you. You're very welcome. So tell us this uh, tale of justice and hot, hot prison loving. Well, this was quite a little story here. It really uh, shows that the Me Too movement, uh, the movement against sexual harassment and abuse, apparently it knows no bounds. Uh, In this case, the victim is a man. And secondly, he's a man who's in prison as a convicted murderer. And that made it a little bit different than than your ordinary Me Too uh, case that we've seen. Now, the, the guard, a male or a female? The guard is a, well, in this case, it's a female, but she isn't actually a guard. And I should make that distinction okay, gotcha. because the guard, guards union isn't too happy but about being identified. Yeah, we, this. we know that. So This woman, uh, however, was a vocational janitorial counselor. In other words, she was training uh, inmates on how to uh, do janitorial services and oversaw a lot of the janitorial services in the Here's the brush, there's the toilet. You scrub on it. Okay, anyway. That's it. Well, that's it, but I guess you have to... Oh, there's much more to it than that. (laughs) So, so anyway, these two uh, start having some sort of uh, carnal relations? That's right. What happened is this guy gets assigned to go work in her office as a clerk. And she apparently has a private office. She has the keys to the office. And it's a nice private space. And before you know it, some kind of relationship strikes up. He claims she promised in exchange for all of this that she was going to help him get out of prison, find an attorney for him who could really fight his case and and uh, help him out. So, so that was the leverage? Because I was trying to figure out what the leverage, well, other than that, you know, men want to have sex. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm men in, in prison high and dry. I think I'm never having sex again. And a woman comes on to me. Yeah, men in prison really want to have sex. But, did, did, you know, I was just wondering, does she have some sort of Matt Lauer uh, button on her desk or how she pulled that off? But, okay, so her leverage was, I'll help you get out. I'll help you get out. The problem apparently came about three months into this relationship when the alleged victim, this Mr. William Cordova, said he found out that she was actually uh, two-timing him, that she had a relationship going with another inmate inside the prison. And, and he thought he was the only one. <laughs> he, 
He thought he was special. She but broke his heart. Apparently, was not, and so he said he tried to break off the relationship. And when he tried to break it off, he claims that she responded by uh, retaliating and wound up with him getting sent to isolation for nine months. Now, mm. she apparently was claiming or that the allegation was that he was somehow stalking her in those months, and that's what led to him being written up for some violations and being sent away to isolation for nine months. Okay, I'm starting to, wow, I'm starting to understand uncool. this. That is very uncool. You know, he's a murderer. But um, if he was following the rules, he shouldn't get side, sent to isolation because he no longer wants to <laughs> be involved with the janitor teacher. The, um, the, that's that's correct. So that's what happened there. So he evidently uh, wasn't about to let this thing just rest or die. He gets out and he starts studying at the law library there. Apparently in 2012, he writes his own uh, claim against her for cruel and unusual punishment. And, you know, it's this handwritten document. It's there. Uh, and he was quite talented as a writer, it looks like. In fact, he was writing for the prison paper, doing a lot of, uh, a lot of writing, even doing poetry. Uh, but he managed to write this very powerful, I guess, uh, argument. The judges uh, looked at the case and apparently were convinced eventually that you know what, this guy's making his case, let's give him some actual professional help. They then allowed him to have uh, outside counsel brought in, private attorneys from the powerful firm in San Francisco, John Kecker firm, and uh, they helped him out. And here we are six years later, the case finally goes to uh, a trial in U.S. District Court in Oakland. An eight-member jury is impaneled. And after a week of trial, they decide this guy deserves a judgment. He got a what would seem like not a very big judgment, $15,000 for the actual uh, 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 verdict on the uh, award on the uh, compensatory damages. But he also got $50,000 in punitive damages for his pain and suffering, which is quite a bit of money so for a guy who is bucks a day in jail. Yeah, wow, that's going to go a long way in the uh, prison commissary, I guess. Plus, his lawyers get paid, of course. There once was a girl who taught cleaning. I once left her office just beaming. I'm trying to think about mm. his poetry. Well, it's a good start. <laughs> good start. Andy Ross of Matera and Ross is on the line. Well, that's something. There's a lot more to the case than I thought there would be. You know, it's uh, hell hath no wrath so, like a janitorial teacher scorned. So this Randy Randy janitor teacher, is she still working there? Or how many how many inmates was she having sex with? Or what's the story with well, her? This is the interesting part. She's no longer working there from what we can... Well, no, she's no longer working there. However, the State Department of Corrections really uh, shut down on this. It would not uh, tell us anything. Uh, the she, she actually had private counsel representing her uh, in this case, and we're not quite sure how that worked, if it was uh, by her choice or because she had been allegedly fired. He, uh, The victim in this case alleged that or claimed that she had been fired. We did track her down working actually elsewhere, working up at the Napa State uh, uh, Hospital, 
but she did not return our call. Well, she she, she costs the taxpayer sixty five thousand dollars. But you know, as a government employee, it wouldn't surprise me if she just got moved to somewhere else. That's the way it usually works. Yeah, right. And we don't know whether they, they moved her or whether she was fired and separately just was somehow able to apply for a new job and and landed it. This, so listen, I don't want to be indelicate. Yeah, about this, this is beneath but, uh, you. Uh, this is beneath you to answer this question. Well, what do we What do we know about this old gal's appearance? Um, oh, she, she, she a big nasty you know looking old gal I, or what? To be quite honest, I know nothing about her appearance, and um, but she obviously had some sort of charms. If she was keeping a couple of her uh, charms, is she's guys. alive? Yeah, you she don't could, need a lot of charms when I've been in prison for a number of years. <laughs> she could fog a spoon. Those are her charms. <laughs> oh, well, that's, again, that was beneath us to ask and certainly beneath you to answer. Andy Ross of the fabulous uh, Materian Ross columnist for, for many years for the Chronicle. How long have you guys been writing for the Chron? Goodness, uh, we have been writing for the Chronicle for probably about 25 years now. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. And uh, we did a little bit at the uh, San, old San Francisco Examiner before that. Mm-hmm. San Francisco Chronicle is still one of the great papers in America. Now, the L.A. Times, which had uh, sunk over the years, uh, new ownership. Uh, you got any hopes for them? Got any hopes? Well, you know, as, as you know, this, this, this week they hired a brand-new uh, owner. That right. I shouldn't say hired a new owner. A new, so they were bought by a, a uh, surgeon down there who is apparently one of the wealthiest men in L.A., and uh, – he says he's going to do great things with the paper. I, I hope so. Because to see, it's got newspapers. Really in newspapers right now, a lot of shifts and shakeups. It's it's it's, it's been a tough. Newspapers tough are going to save the country. I mean, so many of the stories they don't get done by local TV news or radio or anybody else. It's newspapers, and God dang it, we need newspapers. I just don't know how the economic model works. But. It it will evolve. It will evolve. Andy Ross of Mater and Ross. Andy, hey, it's great to talk to you. I hope we can do it again soon. Good deal. Thanks, gentlemen. Well done. Thank you. Okay, so the real crime here is, uh, to me, is that she just got, like government employees always do, she just got relocated probably. She'll keep her pension and everything else she had, even though she cost taxpayers $65,000. By doing something incredibly uncool, not the sex stuff, I don't care, but, um, you know, putting the guy in solitary for nine months to try to continue to have power over the dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's uncool. Oh, yeah. God, how many different guys, though? If it's like one other guy, I'd think, you know, I am an inmate. She's a woman. She has needs. But if, like, she's doing the whole cell block, that'd be a little icky. Yeah. What are your other other choices? What are your other options? What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Senators about to blow the budget with their new bipartisan spending plan, and airlines might be splitting up passengers for profit, and you have probably been affected. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Interesting. We need a picture of the janitor teacher. Oh, boy. It just helps. It factors in. It care. Of course it does. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. A lot of you uh, texters enjoyed that interview on the murderer in prison who got $65,000 having sex with somebody who worked there. Here's the true story. Taxes are paying for janitorial consultants in prison. Yeah. I'd like Teaching to know. a murderer? 
janitorial skills. Or maybe he wasn't in the class. Maybe he just ran yeah. into her. What hey, a- are you new around here? Yeah, I teach the toilet scrubbing class. Oh, what a mo- I have a toilet. <laughs> what a money-making industry the whole prison thing is. Oh, sure. With no checks on it, yeah. and especially in California. By the way, another interview that successfully didn't end with this. How's that TV show of yours going? That's what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> Our latest video is amusing. At uh, oh, how do you find way, that? Yeah. Facebook, Armstrong and Getty Radio com, something. Yeah, yeah. If you've not, we we put together a sexual harassment training video that yes. we're letting all companies use for free. That's correct. You don't have to pay for it, and it's available at uh, the website. Yeah, it includes role playing, a discussion of uh, the new corporate policies that are sweeping the nation, etc. So really useful. You probably want to just uh, show it to all your people without previewing it. As a matter of fact, hmm. I learned a lot. And Sean is featured as the office cretin. I, I reject the, the 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 stereotype casting that uh, that I'm given. I don't like the the name that I have in the credits. Um, uh, you'll be hearing from my agents and representatives. Creepy coworker. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Senate leaders expect quick passage of a budget deal to keep the government running, but the vote could be a lot closer in the House. House Republicans are against the plan because it balloons spending on all fronts. Some House Republicans are against the plan. And it removes debt ceiling limits. Yes, you're absolutely right. Some Republican conservatives dead set against it. Remember when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs said a few years ago, the greatest threat to our national security is our debt. And we have just increased it by leaps and bounds. Again. And everybody's involved. The president didn't bring it up at all in his State of the Union. Nope. And yesterday, the Republicans and Democrats held hands in bipartisan agreement that we'll just continue to spend more money than we take in and not worry about our structural problems. And House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi is challenging GOP House Speaker Paul Ryan to man up on immigration. In a Capitol briefing this morning, Pelosi called on Ryan to make the same commitment that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell made and bring up a full and open debate on immigration after budget issues are resolved. And she jumped on her broom and flew away cackling. Pelosi said she wants <laughs> long-time protections for the so-called DACA dreamers. She took up that cause in a marathon uh, speech. Lasted about eight hours yesterday on the House floor. Let us thank and acknowledge yeah, yeah. the dreamers for yeah, their courage, yeah, their yeah. optimism, yeah, and yeah, their the inspiration yeah, to make America more American. That's what they're up to? She hopped on the Nimbus 2000 and went and participated in a Quidditch match. So, uh, listen, even as she's abandoning the very attractive deal that the president offered, offering more than was hoped for by Barack Obama, she now has to get on the floor of the House and engage in an eight-hour virtual signal-a-thon to just let all brown people know, just keep voting Democrat. It's very important you remember, Democrats are your friends, okay? Okay. Marketeers are getting nervous again this morning. Unemployment claims dropped to the lowest level in nearly 45 years last week as the labor market tightened even further. The data bolstering expectations of even faster wage growth this year and worries about higher interest rates. So you got the markets dropping again. The Dow's off 350 points last time I checked. It's very volatile, Marshall. Very to you. Very volatile. (laughs) Hey, top White House aide, a guy named Rob Porter, resigned as the staff secretary after media reports came out about domestic abuse claims from his two ex-wives, including publication of photos that show one of the women with a black eye. Now, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders 
confirm Porter's resignation, she read a statement from Porter about the charges against him. Rob has put out a statement. These outrageous allegations are simply false. I took the photos given to the media nearly 15 years ago, and the reality behind them is nowhere close to what is being described. I've been transparent and truthful about these vile claims, but I will not further engage publicly with a coordinated smear campaign. You got two ex-wives saying you beat them up. I'm uh, skeptical there, dude. And some reports are saying the White House was made aware of the allegations in November, but allowed him to stay on the job without a full security clearance. It looks like airlines are splitting up seats just so they can charge a fee so you can secure seats together for your party. Do tell. The Brit Civil Aviation Authorities launched an investigation into allocated airline seating policies. As passengers have been shelling out more fees than ever before to make sure they sit next to those they're traveling with. The uh, Aviation Authority found 30% of families are being split up by airlines' random algorithms that allocate the seats. And people are spending around $542 million in additional fees to be able to sit Uh, near their loved ones. So they go out of their way to separate you. There are seats available next to each other, but they split you apart, so you have to pay. Wow, that's uh, Wells Fargo-esque. That's something. Mm -hmm. Do we have a list of airlines doing this? Name names, Marshall. Name names. They do not have a list included in this story yet, but uh, they're going to be looking, the Aviation Authority is going to be looking in how airlines decide where to seat passengers that have booked as part of a group and whether airlines are proactively splitting up groups of passengers. They have found that it's uncertainty about whether their group's going to be split up by the airline that is driving consumers a lot of times just go ahead and pay for an allocated seat. Right. Yeah, as a guy who's been uh, trotting about the country with uh, a number of children and or a wife for quite some time, right. uh, it used to be practically effortless to get seats together, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, for some reason, it seemed to be more difficult. And I heard more and more stories about, yeah, my kid was 14 rows back and we had to you know, talk to somebody, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it struck me as odd, but yeah, I remember that. That's kind of risen up in in, in recent yep. years. Yeah, yep. this is this is interesting. Yes, yeah, so Marshall, spare no time, nor effort, nor expense in tracking this down. I will spare no expense. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yes, I did make a Harry Potter reference because I've just become introduced to the book that was popular 15 years ago. Probably be popular till the end of time. Yeah, probably. We're about uh, two-thirds of the way through book one, mm. me and the oldest. Mm. I look forward to reading it as much as he does. Oh, man. They're they're good. They, they stay strong, too. My wife bought this uh, kind of expensive, super cool version that's got these really great, like, art illustrations every couple of pages. Wow. That are pretty cool, too. Yeah. My poor son, he's the only one in his class who hasn't seen the movies, read the books. Mm. He's, like, way behind the curve. He what already do you think knows. Hagrid? Big fella. He already knows what's going to happen because all his friends have told him, so. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I know what's going to happen in Hamlet. It's still good. Right? Right? Huh? Right. A good story is a good story. He wins the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> he might be. So, uh, among guests we won't be booking, uh, the doctor is going to help you with your marijuana breath for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Tell you about the pitch we got. Marijuana breath. <laughs> and Portland's war on crow poop. Gotcha. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So now the co-founder of Guess. You know, Guess, the jeans, the watches, the shirts. Sure, the, the fashion company. The fashion company. Mm-hmm. The co-founder of Guess is fired back at Kate Upton, who is accusing her of being a uh, sexual scumbag. Accusing him? Accusing she accused him of being a sexual scumbag. Okay. He is fired back, saying, I've never been alone with Kate Upton. I've never touched her inappropriately. Well, just the fact that you've mm. never been alone with her, that's a thats a hell of a retort. Mm. I mean, that's really saying you're really making this up. Wow. Interesting. So uh, she came out earlier today and said that he grabbed her and forced himself on her and all this different stuff, and then spread rumors that she, when she rebuffed him, spread rumors that he was drunk and she was drunk and difficult on the set, which mm-hmm. I remember that after she become became famous. Mm-hmm. Stories being that she was a party girl and showed up drunk, and he spread those rumors ah. because she wouldn't have sex with him. Allegedly. It's so easy to do for these Harvey Weinstein-type people. Yeah. Do you Look at him. Do you think he's that kind of guy? I think he's absolutely that kind well, of guy. I would guess he is, yeah. yeah. Plus, I can't imagine why she would make that up, unless it was some bizarre need for attention. I think she probably gets enough. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, listen... Uh, the politics of Portlandia are, are Looney Tunes. They're nuts. They're mentally ill. But it is a wonderful city. As a music guy, I love Portland. Um, arts, food, blah, blah, blah. But I got a problem. Come the winter time during the cold water, weather, rather, well, the water's cold, too. Tens of thousands of crows come to Portland to roost and hang out. I mean, flocks. Crows, you say? Crows. Which reminds me of my favorite joke. Hmm. It seemed as if the crows were calling his name, said Caw. (laughs) (laughs) That's timeless. Yes, it is. Oh, Michael, I I might be digging around for a murder of one by counting crows right now, were I you. Of course, we end the hour with that other wacky music, don't we? That's too bad. It seemed like a good excuse to play that song. Because a group of crows is indeed called it a murder, Jack. Did you know that? I happen to know you do know that. It's weird. I don't know why. A murder of crows. Why? I don't know. Flock isn't good enough for crows. But they're a fascinating beast. But listen to this. So here's the problem. They're really loud and they eat insulation from buildings and, and stuff like that, which is not good. But the most, but the problem is horrendous amounts of crow poo. I was going to say it's got to be the business end. Of it, so. Oh yeah, yeah. And they they quote this uh, property manager Sherry's her name. Early January, she's walking into work before dawn. She was greeted by this incredibly loud murder of crows. Uh, but she didn't think much of it until the sun came up. Then she looked down from the window, and it looked like it had snowed overnight. Ew. Ew is right. Well, poor diet. They've been up late at the crowbar. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. How deep is your well of crow humor? <laughs> you're, you're killing me. <laughs> the hidden talent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I love this sentence. The problems created by that many birds fresh back from a day of feeding is feculent. Or to put it more simply, it's their poo. Feculent. I'm going to start. How are you doing today? Feculent. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) That's great. I love that idea. Feculent. How about you? So now a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, a bunch of crows were falling from the sky and being found dead or twitching or whatever. And somebody was poisoning them. Which, you know, I understand if they're ruining your house or your business or something like that, but it's not cool, especially when you hear the rest of it. So, uh, Central City Concerns, this um, they, they won alliance that joined with Downtown Clean and Safe. They hired crews to pressure wash the streets of the crow-created mess, 
But it it was a, it was a Sisyphean effort. In other words, the moment it was done, the crows the crows just crapped again, and and you had to start all over again. And so what they did was they they invested in the Poop Master Six Thousand, a motorized brick scrubbing cart that resembles a zamboni. I remember that. I remember reading yeah, about that. Yeah. The Pooh Zamboni. The Poop Master were great on the ground, but did nothing for the enormous amounts of bird poo that shellacked benches and newspaper racks and art and windows and then walls and the rest of it. Um, I remember, what was the complaint about the uh, the Poop Master 6000? It was going to, like, uh, scare away the transient population or something like that. Oh, yeah. There was some concern. That, wow. Was that, was that in Portland where you saw the lady urinating like a horse on the street? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I nice. saw that she 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 had her pants completely down, bent yeah. over, and as a larger gal, it looked mm. just like the back end of a horse, <laughs> just spraying like a fire hose. Oh my god! <laughs> and I said, "Oh my god!" And my my son was with me. It was to go see the eclipse, yeah. and he said, "What? What?" I said, "Oh, nothing. Over there, I think I saw a fire truck." Or <laughs> I didn't want him to see that. God, it was amazing. All right, so now I get to the really really interesting part. About crows. And we're going to be uh, quoting this uh, fellow, John Marsloff. He's a wildlife biologist, University of Washington. He studies crows. (laughs) What? Nothing. Okay. Um, They discovered if you do something mean to a crow, they will remember you for up to five years and listen to this and pass that knowledge on to their offspring. Hey, son. You see that guy over there? He is one mean son of a bitch. He will do nasty things to crows. Keep your eye on him. So they were trapping and banding crows around the Seattle uh, campus of the University of Washington, and he and his his collaborators wore latex caveman masks. When they later, of course, returned, they did. Well, listen though, they later returned to those locations maskless, or at one point they wore a Dick Cheney mask. Just kind of a funny touch. And the crows acted like they'd never seen them before. But then they showed up again in the caveman mask, and it would spark a cropocalypse. The birds went crazy and flew away. So that is why. Or or they dive-bombed them. And I've been dive-bombed by a crow, and it's scary because they're big. And their talons slash and grasp and poke. Anyway, so what they've done now is hired... Uh, uh, hawk trainers, like falconer guys. I am friends with a falconer. That's right, you are. He's an official state falconer. Maybe he would uh, be so kind as to join us on the air or drop us a line. But Because I read initially that they're going around with falcons or, or hawks to scare the crows. Because they're kind of the apex predator, etc. And tougher than any damn crow. But I thought, what the hell good would that do? The, flows, the crows fly up in the air, scrawn, 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 and then they land again and poo all over. But no, they remember, and they tell each other. In fact, one of the interesting things about crows, this is way more about crows than you ever wanted to hear, but they're super loud around dusk because that's when they all return to the roost and tell each other what happened. What a day I had. You had a day. I had a day. I ate some berries. Spoiled. I've been pooping <laughs> like a crow. Get it? So anyway, um, so they get back and essentially tell each other there are hawks all over the place. This is dangerous. And it's been unbelievably effective in getting them to get the hell out. Isn't that interesting? You know, if you weren't Portland, you'd just poison them until you didn't have shoot damn crows or yeah. shoot them. 
Well, actually, they're a freaking pest, this, like a, like mice. Right. This one chick who's in charge of one of these efforts, uh, Berg is her name, I think. Uh, Instead of studying the psychology of crows, how about just a little antifreeze in a pan? But it, what what's the matter with you? This worked, and no uh, no animals, none of God's creatures were poisoned. Antifreeze in a pan, you maniac! Songbirds would go ahead, and cats and, and dogs. The homeless might think it's some sort of exotic cocktail in a pan. You're sick. But anyway, she says, the challenge is to manage the conflict between people and birds. Other cities use pyrotechnics and physical hazing to deter the crows, but we didn't feel like that was right for Portland. There you go. What do you call terrifying them with hawks, you nut? So that's Uh, how scarecrows work? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, dude, you don't want to go over to that field and eat the corn. There's this weird guy who stands looking at you. Got a straw hat on. (laughs) Um, He doesn't move. He just looks. And they remember you for up to five years. That's amazing. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Crazy. You learn something every day about crows. Enough stupid, ugly politics. I thought I would, you know, raise people's, uh, you know. What's that word I want to remember when people ask me how I'm doing? Feculent. I'm feculent. What a feculent show this has been. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) You get the warm-wooding fourth hour, we're going to talk budget ludicrous stupidity. Both parties screwing us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.